0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Hour number three. Each and every weekday here on the morning after on SportsGrid is known as happy hour. But now the Sweet 16 is back in the NCAA tournament tonight for the big dance. Of course, it is an incredibly happy hour right here on TMA on the Spiz Grizz. I am Ben Stevens. We will give you a breakdown of everything you need to know for the big dance tonight. Spreads, totals, numbers on the move, player props, matchup breakdowns, and our best bets. For the big dance and the four games we have up on this thursday slate in the sweet 16 at the ncaa men's basketball tournament later on in this hour but to begin we focus on the nfl because the nfl has been madness as well here in the month of march since the start of free agency we have seen big free agent acquisitions across the league we have seen huge blockbuster deals happen across the national football league as well one yesterday between the Chiefs and the Dolphins sending Tyreek Hill from Kansas City to Miami. Moving the Chiefs price back by 50 cents to win an AFC championship. Now at 5-1 to one from plus 450, we'll have some Chiefs chatter in just a little bit, we hope, with Carrington Harrison from Kansas City as well for the perspective that we need after all of the insanity we have seen and possibly the most insane NFL offseason to date. But we also still have more moves happening, and the AFC is jam-packed. The AFC, as a conference overall, is going to be a gauntlet. The NFC, well, it seems a little bit more open and up in the air for the taking. And the Rams, who won the NFC last year, seem like they want to run it back and seem like they are diving all in. Once again, that has been the philosophy of Les Snead, the GM in Los Angeles. That has been the philosophy of the head coach in Sean McVay. They trade draft picks like it's yesterday's newspaper so they can focus on the biggest production now. And it seems as though they might add another piece to a defensive unit that won a Super Bowl a year ago. Bobby Wagner, released by the Seattle Seahawks in the transformation up in the Pacific Northwest, is in serious talks and consideration to join the LA Rams. That reporting coming from NFL Network's Ian Rappaport yesterday. So the Rams wanting to win it all again, going all in again at the moment. And Bobby Wagner, who is still going to give you incredible levels of production in that linebacking group would be a huge addition for this Rams defensive unit and let's not lose sight of the Rams in everything that has happened here in this tumultuous NFL offseason when we have seen pretty much everybody in the league go to the AFC the AFC West is going to be the hardest division we might have ever seen in the world of sports the AFC North is going to be crazy as well. The NFC has had two of the biggest moves this offseason, being quarterbacks return in Tom Brady unretiring and now coming back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for year number 23 in the league. And Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay as well. But again, let's not forget about those Kansas or excuse me, about those Los Angeles Rams. A bad time to mess up the team I'm talking about when I'm telling you not to forget. Anyway, let's not forget. About the L.A. Rams, the second best odds right now, tied alongside the Green Bay Packers with a plus 490 price to win the NFC Championship this upcoming year. You will see the Bucks there at a short number at plus 350. Both the Rams and the Packers, almost a dollar and a half behind that, but tied for the second best odds at plus 490, over two and a half dollars in front of the Niners and the Cowboys, who you see there at plus. 750 a welcome quickly to your sports grid radio audience here the third and final very happy hour here on the morning after on this thursday sirius xm channel 159 all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well i am ben stevens madness is back in the big dance madness continues in this nfl offseason. the rams are targeting bobby wagner to join their defensive unit and again it's a discussion about the nfc the rams are at plus 490 tied for the second best odds with the green bay packers behind the bucks who are the favorites at plus 350 there's a drop off to the niners who are probably going to start second year quarterback in trey lance the cowboys have won three playoff games in the last 25 years and then there's a significant drop off to the cardinals at 13 to one the rams are the favored side to win their division in the nfc west to not have to play in that wild card spot in the nfc postseason this upcoming year so if you're looking for value It's up in the air right now in the NFC. You can find your spots there as opposed to maybe the AFC where pick a team, throw a dart, and maybe it hits with how competitive that conference is going to be and how competitive the AFC West division is going to be this year. Obviously, the big news yesterday, Tyreek Hill traded from KC to Miami. The Chiefs get back in exchange, five draft picks, three for this 2022 NFL draft, two more for next year in 2023 and we saw the price on the Chiefs as the favorites in the AFC West drop by 30 cents plus 125 24 hours ago on this Thursday morning plus 155 KC still the favorite but market movement against them here and in the AFC title race as well the Chargers had some movement in their favor now the second best number at plus 240 less than a dollar behind the Chiefs yesterday they were plus 260 the broncos are at plus 260 now they were plus 310 yesterday so when one moves happen when one move happens for kc not only does the market move against the chiefs the market works in favor of their closest competitors their divisional rivals in the chargers and the broncos and let's not forget the raiders were a playoff team they added Devonte adams they locked up max crosby to a long-term extension they added chandler jones and they have the longest odds to win the afc west at 7-1. The AFC is going to be bonkers. We get some more perspective on that in the AFC and Kansas City up next.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We are back right here
1: on the morning after. Back and better than ever here on TMA and SportsGrid. Sirius XM channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Again, the offseason in the NFL has been madness. In this month of March, I guess everything is madness at the moment. And that has been the case in the National Football League. Not just free agency, that was a frenzy at the beginning, but we have seen blockbuster trades. I'm talking huge trades, quarterbacks moving places. Russell Wilson now in Denver. Carson Wentz now in Washington. Of course, Deshaun Watson now in Cleveland. Matt Ryan now in Indianapolis. And not just quarterbacks on the carousel, wide receivers and two of the best in the entire NFL. Devontae Adams traded last week. Was it really only? I guess it was only last week. Devontae Adams last week traded from the Green Bay Packers to the Las Vegas Raiders, a place he has wanted to play for a very long time with his former college quarterback from Fresno State and Derek Carr. And then yesterday, another blockbuster wide receiver dealt in Tyreek Hill going from Kansas City to the Miami Dolphins. Now Tyreek Hill has gone to Miami in exchange for five draft picks in the future for the Chiefs. Three this year including a first rounder at number 29 and a fifth rounder or excuse me, a second rounder at 50th overall. Then another pick this draft, two more next draft, five picks back to KC. Tyreek Hill now in Miami playing in that offense under Tua a so tua now has jalen waddle he has mike Gesicki. he has tyreek hill they have a ton of speed and weapons at his arsenal but the movement wasn't so much on miami getting tyreek hill was maybe more so what it meant for kansas city and tyreek hill although he is leaving casey and joining miami the dolphins are still tied for the second best odds to win their own division in the AFC East at 4 to 1 tied with the Pats but well behind the only odds on favorite in a divisional market in the entire conference out in the AFC in the Buffalo Bills who are minus 180. Now the Buffalo Bills are plus 350 to win the AFC. They are the favorites by a dollar and a half now over the Kansas City Chiefs who are 5 to 1 plus 500 prior to the Tyreek Hill deal yesterday the Kansas City Chiefs were plus 450, so 50 cents of movement against them from losing their lead wide receiver. But the offensive scheme under Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy should, we would expect, function still pretty well next season at still a relatively high level for Kansas City. Compare that to the Dolphins, right? Well, the Bills are plus 350. The Chiefs are plus 500 in the AFC Championship market. The Dolphins are 22 to 1, tied for the 10th best odds that would not even really put them in postseason contention at the moment in the very jam-packed AFC look at some of those names though the Bills are from the AFC East then it's the Chiefs the Broncos and the Chargers all from the AFC West then it's the Browns the Ravens and the Bengals all from the AFC North then it's the Colts and the titans all from the afc south not all of these teams from the same division even with how good they are are going to be available based on afc overall record and how competitive this conference is going to be maybe beating up on one another i believe we have carrington harrison joining us here on the morning after right now some car troubles this morning in Kansas City, Missouri, but still the expertise that you can expect from Carrington Harrison, who is out in KC, a radio host for Six Ten Sports Radio out in Kansas City. Carrington, thank you for joining us, despite the fact your car won't start, man. What's good with that?
2: Hey, Ben. Really know what happened. I you know, it's not even cold in Kansas City. I went to start the car. I was I was I was excited to start my day. I was excited to see you and the car wouldn't start mm-hmm. today.
1: We hate to see that, Carrington, but we are glad to have you here on the show. Now, Tyreek Hill dealt to Miami, five picks back in this draft, three, next year, two, for Kansas City. When you saw this happen, because it all worked relatively quickly yesterday, what was your initial takeaway from this huge blockbuster trade?
2: I mean, my first takeaway was just surprise because – all the information that we had had would have led us to believe that the Chiefs and Tyreek Hill were moving on one accord, that they were going to get this deal done. If you remember, a lot of the talk coming out of the combine was that they were on the same page, that they were moving forward and that they were working towards a deal. And what I believe happened is the Devontae Adams deal just drastically changed the course of this negotiation, that I think the mm-hmm. Chiefs were working on a parameter of a deal with Tyreek Hill. Devontae Adams came through and just and completely flipped the market on its head. And then Kansas City was forced with a decision that Devontae Adams got $28 million. Tyreek and the Chiefs weren't prepared to do that, but I think the Chiefs were probably in that 24 to 26 range. But then Devontae Adams got 28, and that just drastically changed things. Tyreek Hill and Drew Rosenhaus asked for a trade and the
1: Sounds like we are having some technical difficulties, unfortunately, with Carrington, not just the car, but that's okay. Could we say that Tyreek Hill was a jump start to the Chiefs offense? See what I did there? You tie it into Carrington's car having some issues and a jump start for Tyreek Hill, a part yep. of that Kansas City Chiefs offense. Absolutely so. But does that mean that the Chiefs' offense will refuse to go this upcoming year? I don't believe so. Over twenty million dollars. In cap space created by this deal for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Carrington, I'm not sure you heard my bad car metaphors about Tyreek Hill being the jump start to this Chiefs offense, but what do you expect for Casey to do to fill that void that Tyreek Hill now leaves in Casey's offense? Never mind, we are having some more technical difficulties. Hopefully, we can hear from Carrington in just a little bit. But over $20 million in cap space now created by the Chiefs after this blockbuster deal. They have three draft picks this year, an additional first-rounder, a second-rounder this year, I believe a fourth-rounder as well, and then two more next year in 2023. Will they look to replace Tyreek Hill with a draft pick this year it's a pretty deep wide receiver class you have names like Traylon Burks out of Arkansas the two receivers out of Ohio State and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson let us not forget Jamison Williams coming off of that torn ACL that he suffered in the college football playoff as well out of Alabama there is talent certainly in this field and in this draft class at a wide receiver position but Andy Reid is of the philosophy that this offense elevates wide receiver production. It is not the other way around that with what Patrick Mahomes can do and how versatile this offense can be with how many weapons they utilize at their disposal. It's not Tyreek Hill that makes it go. It's the offensive scheme that then elevates all of those around. So I expect the chiefs to be just fine offensively. I'm not even just saying that as a chiefs fan, they are still the favorites in the afc that is not a knock against tyree Hill and the production that he has had throughout his tenure in kansas city a huge huge reason that offense was as good as it is tyree Hill is a top five receiver in the nfl in my mind you don't just take that away and fill it with whoever is up next and expect the same results but that is to say that andy Reid, eric Bieniemy, and patrick mahomes creative enough in this offensive system to find a way yes the market moved slightly against the Chiefs yesterday after this blockbuster deal plus 125 in the AFC West as the favorites now plus 155 30 cents of movement against their price to win their own division 50 cents of movement against their price in the AFC championship market as well from plus 450 now this morning five to one but I don't think that this market move against them should inspire any less confidence in the Chiefs the only thing that might in terms of having some concerns about Kansas City is just what every other team in the AFC has done look at what every other team in the AFC West has done this offseason the Chargers bolstering their defense with JC Jackson and Khalil Mack the Raiders of course adding Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones on that defensive side as well and then of course the Broncos and the blockbuster deal to get Russell Wilson everybody in the AFC has loaded up the Chiefs still a team to keep an eye on though nonetheless we go back to college basketball
0: next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: Back to the madness we go, and back to the big dance is today, right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. I am Ben Stevens. Let's dive into some of the numbers that are moving slightly for the NCAA tournament on the men's basketball side for the Sweet 16 of this Thursday slate. Three, four games, excuse me, up today, and it begins with Arkansas and Gonzaga. We have seen that line move now to 10 in favor of the Zags. No real line movement as of this morning on Villanova in Michigan, but a move from earlier in the week. It is five points now, currently in favor of the Cats. John Rothstein was on the show earlier. He told you that Villanova, a Fortune 500 company, can win this basketball game tonight against the Wolverines. A couple of props to note for these games because there are props available in certain markets across the FanDuel sportsbook let's dive into some of those numbers for the michigan wolverines a player performance double tonight for hunter dickinson to record a double double in a michigan win is a juicy plus money price at plus 380 and it's backed by some really strong play from hunter dickinson here as of late yes it's a five-point five-point spread and yes you need two things to happen and really three things to happen because you need Hunter Dickinson not only to score in double digits but to record double-digit rebounds as well it is an incredibly just uh, juicy plus money price because Michigan is also a five-point underdog but Hunter Dickinson has been putting up double-doubles a ton here as of late in fact look at the win over Tennessee when Michigan won outright as a six and a half point underdog 27 points 11 boards against the Vols in the round of 32 on Saturday night. He had 21 points, only six rebounds against Colorado State. But Hunter Dickinson has recorded a double-double for Michigan in four of the last seven games. In one of the games he did not, he finished with nine boards and scored in double figures as well. The reason that plus money price is juicy in my mind is because if Michigan wins... Hunter Dickinson is going to have himself a very, very big night. He will need to have a very big night. On the other side, Eric Dixon probably going to be matching up against the big lefty for the Wolverines on Villanova's defensive scheme. But if Hunter Dickinson does record a double-double, I think there's a great chance... Michigan wins the game so it's correlated causation if you will that if you think Michigan wins Hunter Dickinson puts up some big stats and you can find plus 380 in that player performance double but let's say that's a little bit too much for you maybe just player points then and focusing on that number for Hunter Dickinson 19 and a half now on the FanDuel Sportsbook for Hunter it's at 19 and a half with the over slightly having some plus money at plus plus. 102. Hunter Dickinson, of course, over that number of 19 and a half in both games so far here in the NCAA tournament. He has scored 20 or more in four of the last five, in five of the last eight. Joining us to break down this game further and some other Sweet 16 action from FanDuel, it is Brian Fonseca. For Brian Fonseca's CBB focus on this Thursday, Brian, thank you for joining us here once again on the morning after.
3: Additionally, I'd be surprised if you didn't ask me about whatever happened with the Miami Heat last night. We could perhaps get to that in a few minutes. We'll you save know, we that got for the college. end. We got, yeah, yeah, we got some college basketball to get into again, you know?
1: <laughs> Absolutely so. so. So, Brian, let's start there with Villanova and Michigan. The Wolverines, a five-point underdog. The Cats, now a five-point favorite. A total of 135, a rematch Of the 2018 national championship game you were on this show last week breaking down what you thought villanova presented entering the big dance where do you think nova stands right now ahead of the sweet 16 tonight
3: i think they look good i think uh, they should be able to you know take care of michigan i would worry about them against anybody who they have to face after between arizona and houston and i think that matchup is fascinating because you talk about styles make fights You have one of the best offenses against one of the best defenses in the tournament. And I think either one could give Villanova problems, but I think they have enough to sort of get by here. Uh, Colin Gillespie showed me a lot last game where he was struggling from the field. He was 5-14 of from the the field, 2-9 of from three, but was still toughing it out. Got to the free throw line late, was still, you know, making big shots when he had to. Justin Moore struggled, so they got to get him going. And Jermaine Samuels was very good. Um, So I think that they're still getting A nice balance there. They should be fine against Michigan. I would not be surprised if they lost like totally because Michigan is that good, but I would be mildly surprised if we don't at least see them get to the Elite Eight here against Arizona or Houston.
1: So you mentioned that South region right now. The final game of the night is Houston and Arizona. It's the only portion of the bracket, the only one of the four regions, Brian, where all four teams remaining right now in the South are plus money to reach the final four. What stands out to you about Arizona and Houston that would present anybody issues right now in the big dance? I think Houston has a real shot here. I think their defense is legit. I think they're one of the
3: best defensive teams in the country. Um, They also score, like, more than I think people realize because they're so good defensively. But the entire team has a defensive rating of minus 96. Anybody who plays real minutes, right? The entire team has been excellent defensively, Uh, points, you know, have not come easy against them. And that's everybody. That's Marcus Sasser, that's Kyler Edwards, Fabian White, everyone on the roster is defending. And Arizona probably has the guy in Benedict Matherin, who, uh, you know, Pac-12 player of the year and is somebody who yep. probably has benefited the most NBA-wise from this tournament so far. Like, his stock has really risen the most, I feel like. But I think Houston's a legit threat. Like, I come away from, from these games, like, given how they handled Illinois last round. And unfortunately, like... As somebody who likes Illinois, I wasn't terribly surprised because I did not love that Houston matchup for them. So, you know, I think Houston's legit. Like, I think they need to be taken very seriously, and I would not be surprised at all if they were to beat Arizona. And if they did, I think that they can give Villanova problems. I really do.
1: Yeah, I mean, Houston ranks in the top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. They're the second highest rated team from an efficiency metric standpoint. The metrics have loved the Houston Cougars all year long. Quickly, Brian, let's touch on some of the games tomorrow in the Sweet 16 on a Friday. You are a native of this great tri-state area, as are the (laughs) St. Peter's Peacocks. The number 15 seed now into the East region sweet 16 taking on Purdue. Brian a 12 and a half point underdog is St. Peter's tomorrow. Can the Cinderella run continue at least covering a number? I absolutely love this team as you would imagine.
3: Um, They're just so New York, New Jersey, just tough. You know what I mean, Matthew Lee, son of Butch Lee, who's one of the first, I think maybe the first Puerto Rican we've ever had in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, the, I there's so much about this team that I love, and they're just tough. And Shaheen Holloway, I don't know how much longer he's going to be at St. Peter's, given that Seton Hall, his alum, uh, you know they they have an opening right now, and yeah, he should probably should probably take that. That should be really good, and that think going, that'll yeah. be great for local he's basketball. Going, yeah. That'll be great for for local basketball for sure. But in terms of St. Peter's, like I think that they they can make this tough. They can make this a dog fight. Shaheen Holloway is the type of dude leading the type of team that will give Jaden Ivey just uh, an annoying Friday night, right? Like Jaden Ivey is also the type of dude. Like th- this is the kind of game, the kind of experience that a group like St. Peter's would live for. It's like, oh, we're facing a potential top pick in the draft, one of the best teams in the country who has been in the top 10 this year or most of the season, and we're going to try to rise to the occasion. Um, I actually don't, I don't think they're going to win necessarily because I do think Purdue is that good and they'll tough it out at the end, but plus 12 and a half doesn't sound too bad to me. You know, given the way the St. Peter's has been playing, I think you posted about that the other day, Ben. Like, you know, that's a number to really consider if you're you're looking at this from a betting standpoint. But I think St. Peter's is going to hang tough. And, you know, obviously, I'm all in on, you know, everything that they're doing right now. And Shaheen Holloway, I think that, again, as I always say, there's a there's a lot of different ways to become a star you don't have to be a theory like a high lottery pick or someone that it, you see it from the very beginning I think Shaheen Holloway is a bona fide star and could be one of the best coaches in college basketball one day if not very soon if he isn't already
1: yeah I think he's probably going to Hall ball and I think we know that he can recruit this area with the absolute oh, yeah. best of them and again I am Big Ten Ben I don't like picking against Purdue, but I think that St. (laughs) Peter's can cover 12 and a half because they are the second best cover team in the country. They have covered in 19 of their last 13 or 19 of their last 23 games as well. And as an underdog this year, nine and three against the numbers. So, Brian, we already know your thoughts on the Providence. Friars getting seven and a half tomorrow. Of course, we ride with Ed Cooley and the boys once again. But you mentioned what happened in Miami last night. The Heat yeah. lost to a Warriors team without Steph, without Clay, without Draymond. And then there was a bench spat between UD, Udonis Haslam, and Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra. Did it concern you at all from what you saw last night in Miami?
3: We've been saying for a while that this is around the time that Heat should be peaking, and they haven't been, which is a problem. So this has been festering for a while in terms of like just problems, right? Like People are frustrated, which is good. You want that. You want people to be emotional about this it means you care so that's the first thing secondly something clearly has been bubbling up here right for udonis haslam to point to jimmy butler the way it has and look udonis haslam og seen it all jimmy butler was homeless as a teenager then 10 years after became a first-round pick in the nba perennial all-star since been through it all these are guys when they have issues this is how it's going to sort of manifest And when it's public like this, it tells me that there have been some things just sort of underlying that we haven't heard about, and this got out publicly. I think this could be a great galvanizing thing because these are the personalities that can benefit from this. These are the type of dudes where now you're either going to sink or swim, as cliche as that sounds. This will either galvanize you and be great, and you get to the finals, or it can be a first-round exit. At the end of the day, you're going to have clarity on the situation.
1: So I think this was potentially a great thing for them. Interesting spin. I don't mind it at all. Brian Fonseca from FanDuel. Thank you for your time. More TMA up next.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Back right here to break down the big dance on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. I am Ben Stevens and now we welcome on somebody that carries the flag for the Atlantic Coast Conference. Now into the big dance and playing their best basketball of the year It is Josh Graham from WSJS Sports Radio down there in the triad in North Carolina. Joining us here on TMA ahead of Duke's matchup tonight. In the Sweet 16 against Texas Tech, North Carolina's matchup tomorrow night in the Sweet 16 against UCLA. And don't forget about Miami and Iowa State as well. Josh, thank you for joining us here once again on The Morning After.
4: It is Thursday, or as I like to call it, Friday Eve. But when you're talking about the Sweet 16, what sweeter Friday Eve than Sweet 16 Thursday?
1: There is none, and I am incredibly excited for the action. Just over 12 hours away, 12 hours, over seven hours away. Do your math, Ben. Seven hours away from tip for the first game up tonight between Gonzaga and Arkansas. But, Josh, you were on this show multiple times throughout the college basketball season. And the conversation surrounding the perennial powerhouse that is the ACC in men's college hoops was, it's a down year for the conference. I indulged in those takes as well so is this performance now in the NCAA tournament sending three teams into the Sweet 16 different from what we saw in the regular season or is this what we could have expected by the time we got to the big dance
4: I think it just tells you that just because you have a down year and you might not have the best year among power conferences in the ACC's case you're still the best conference in college basketball I know you're a Big Ten guy, even though you went to Syracuse, but the ACC is always going to be the best conference in college basketball, just like the SEC is the best in football. And this is what I mean. A couple years ago, the SEC had an air quote down year in the sense that they didn't have a lot of teams in the top 25. They had Alabama at the top, and the ACC had a better year than them when they had Notre Dame in the league, and two of those teams got into the college football playoff. But nobody with a straight face would say that the SEC is less of a football conference than the ACC because of one down year. They still won the national title that year. So similarly, the ACC only got five teams in this year. But even though they're having in their standards, with their standards, a down year Uh, in the regular season, they still are capable enough to get three teams to the Sweet 16 and almost four if Notre Dame was able to pull it out against Texas Tech. So it's just confirmation. It doesn't take away from a down regular season. That's what it was. But the ACC affirmed that even in a historically down year, they are capable of doing this and no other conference can say that.
1: I think that was a great point. I think that's a great summation of what we have, compartmentalizing what we see. Yes, it might not have been the best regular campaign in the history of the ACC, but still to get to this point and perform at the level they do probably speaks the conference overall. It could have been an all-ACC matchup in the West region tonight in the Sweet 16, but Texas Tech prevailing late over Notre Dame. So now it is Tech and Duke. And Texas Tech, Josh, a slight one point favorite right now against the blue devils but the one point spread not even as tight as that money line currently on Fanduel minus 111 for texas tech but minus 108 for the blue devils of course the narrative around duke is the retirement tour of coach mike Krzyzewski. do you think it continues on past tonight and past texas tech in the sweet 16.
4: sometimes if vegas is trying to tell you something you should listen to them you knew Regardless of where that line was set, that money would be coming in on Duke. So the fact that Texas Tech opened as a favorite is Vegas telling you, pick the Red Raiders. This is a bad matchup for Duke tonight. Take the fairy tale storyline out of it. Duke does really well against brand names like Michigan State. They get up when they play their AAU buddies that they went up went up against when they were in high school. And you're going up against Gonzaga, you're going to bring your best game. When you play Kentucky, you're going to bring your best game. All of Duke's losses this year are against teams that are unranked. Now, Texas Tech isn't unranked, but they're not a brand name either. And every single player in their rotation bin, guys who average more than 10 minutes a game, are juniors or seniors. Five of them are seniors. And Duke's average age is 19 years old. I don't think Duke has any dogs on their team. That's what you need, team basketball and toughness. And Texas Tech has both of those things. So I think it ends for Duke tonight, I really do.
1: And it's the most efficient defense in the country as well for Mark Adams and Texas Tech. Josh, let's say that Duke does win tonight. If we look at the West region odds for the Blue Devils to reach the final four, that's at plus 400 right now on the Dukies. How would they stack up most likely against Gonzaga in a matchup we've already seen once this year?
4: I feel similar about Duke that I do North Carolina and that I am much more concerned about them. It sounds strange to say this in their sweet 16 matchup than I would. in their elite eight matchup because. In the Tar Heels case, it's likely going to be Purdue, and they played them earlier this year. And even though Purdue won the game, North Carolina wasn't a very good basketball team in November, and they still almost won at Mohegan Sun. Duke played Gonzaga in Vegas. They won the basketball game. And for all the reasons I just noted a second ago, Gonzaga's a brand name. They're going to be ready for that game. And when it comes to talent, Duke's good might be a little bit better than Gonzaga's good. So I don't think Duke's going to get to Sunday, but if they do – Oh, boy. We might be looking at a potential Duke-Carolina Final Four matchup, which has never happened. No, they've never played each other in the NCAA tournament ever. And could you imagine? I'm here in the state of North Carolina. Like, that might be Armageddon. I don't know what would happen in the state of North Carolina if we were looking at a Duke-Carolina Final Four matchup. Part of me doesn't even want to see it because I'm scared that the world might end if it happens.
1: I get chills, Josh, when you say something like that, not out of overly excited nature to watch Duke and North Carolina play one another, but just because the cosmic nature of what that would mean for college basketball and how monumental and historic that would be, let alone in the final year of Coach K as the head coach of Duke. I mean, you truly could not write a better script and we're not far off from that. Two wins for both of those teams to match up in the final four in New Orleans. Echoing Josh's point about Duke's matchup against Gonzaga earlier in the year, Duke won outright by three points as an eight and a half point underdog and that total in that game went over at 154 and a half. So now to tomorrow night, Josh Graham on a Friday, North Carolina and UCLA in one of the bluest of all the blue blood battles we will ever see UNC a two and a half point underdog. You just said it. You look forward to UNC's matchup in the Elite Eight, favoring the Tar Heels more than this matchup against UCLA. What is the concern for UNC going up against the Bruins?
4: I just think that UCLA is on a mission. And Hubert Davis said it a couple of days ago that, as an assistant coach, he was on the 2017 national title staff, that national title game staff, where North Carolina beat Gonzaga a year after losing at the buzzer to Chris Jenkins and Villanova in 2016, and what he said was that entire 2017 season, we were driven by that monumental heartbreak that happened in historic fashion. Now you got UCLA who lost at the buzzer in historic heartbreak fashion against uh, Gonzaga in the final four a year ago, and it just seems like this team's been on a mission all year long, and unlike that Tar Heel team in 2017, which didn't have Marcus Page and Bryce Johnson that year from that 2016 team, All nine players, then that played in that final four matchup against Gonzaga are back for the Bruins. Now, Jaquez needs to be healthy for them to really have a strong shot. I think the thing that you've got to keep an eye on is just UCLA's shooting percentage. It sounds basic, but North Carolina cleans up rebounds better than anybody else in this tournament right now. And UCLA, I think they're 41 and 0 over the last few years, 41, 42, and 0 when they shoot over 43%. So if you look at a oh. number to circle for UCLA, that's the number because if they miss their shots, you're, they're not going to get a lot of second-chance opportunities. But I like the Bruins in the matchup.
1: And if the Bruins can bring that offense, we know UNC does the same. I would look to an over at 141 and a half. Josh, in your mind, if North Carolina can pull off the slight upset tomorrow night, what will be that deciding factor that pushes the Tar Heels over the top?
4: Oof, you just got to look at how many minutes they're able to get from their starters. North Carolina, they call them the Iron Five. Those five players played the entire second half in that win at Cameron Indoor Stadium if they could stay on the floor and not get in foul trouble or in Brady Manick's case not get thrown out of the game with 10 minutes left to go well yep. i really do like your chances in the sweet 16 no starting five in america is playing better than the starting five of north carolina
1: but it's the depth that the tar heels might need and brady manick had 26 points to pace the tar heels through those first 30 minutes before getting tossed in the matchup, but the upset win over Baylor in the round of 32. Now, Josh, the FanDuel Sportsbook was having some fun this week. They put together a match bet between Duke and North Carolina for who advances further in the NCAA tournament. Duke to do so was plus 135. For both teams, the exit in the same round was plus 145, and UNC the longest of the odds at plus plus to 30 what do you make of this tobacco road matchup that we have
4: well it looks like the value is for North Carolina considering the Tar Heels I think would match up pretty well in the elite eight and Purdue isn't quite as daunting as Gonzaga would be for Duke so I do think they both lose tonight and tomorrow so I think it's going to be draw but given what those odds look like the value is with the Tar Heels don't you think
1: I agree with you very, very much so. And if I'm thinking over between UNC and UCLA, maybe tomorrow, a for sure over if North Carolina and Purdue play each other, even if they book the total in the low 150s. The final ACC team up, Josh, the Miami Hurricanes, the 10 seed in the Midwest, a two and a half point favorite tomorrow night against Iowa State. Now, the Cyclones won two games last year. They are now in the Sweet 16. All the credit in the world is deserved for T.J. Otzelberger, the head coach of Iowa State. In my mind, though, Josh, Miami wins this game relatively easily. What do you make of the matchup?
4: I like Miami, too. Guards win in March, and the reason Iowa State's in this position is because of Tyrese Hunter, the freshman. Now they're going up against a team that has not one, not two, but three awesome, all-ACC caliber guards. Uh, That's what Auburn had difficulty handling. And also, it's a really difficult matchup to deal with what they do with Wardenberg, who is a stretch four that they have playing at the five. Jim Larinaga's team, a perfect example of a team that, you know, a coach that styled his team's uh, personnel to a style versus styling the personnel to just a style of play that you run every single year. I think Miami can win this game. And you look at the odds. If you're trying to find some value, Miami to the final four, I have Providence in my elite eight. I don't think it's out of the question that Providence beats Kansas. And if Providence and those guards are matching up against an old Miami team, that sounds like a toss up to me.
1: Plus 500 right now on the Canes to reach the final four. It could present you some value entering that Midwest regional final either for Miami against Kansas or against Providence as well. Josh Graham joining us from North Carolina, a host for WSJS Sports Radio down there in the triad, breaking down the ACC in the big dance and Duke against Texas Tech tonight. Josh, as always, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Ben. We get ready for the Sweet 16, just over seven hours from now, tip in the action back in the big dance. We give you a best bet to round out the show up next.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Tonight, the madness returns. Tonight, the Sweet 16 begins. This is the morning after on a game day on thursday right here on sports grid in sirius xm channel 159 the home for sports grid radio on sirius xm all across the sports grid network we round out our three hours together here right before the sweet 16 starts this evening around 7 p.m eastern time with a best bet i am ben stevens so before we say farewell before we say goodbye We get back into the madness. We go dancing one more time with a college basketball best bet. It is time for bye bye bye. Now all college basketball season long, all NCAA tournament long. I have said as you break down the bracket and if you look at an over under, make sure you know the pace of the game flow and the tempo each individual team plays at if you look at the matchup tonight between Michigan and Villanova, you will see an over under at 135. Villanova has the 14th slowest tempo in all of college basketball, 345 out of 358 Division I college basketball teams. Michigan is 203rd, so not exactly up-tempo by any means either for the Wolverines. Thus, we see that relatively small total at 135, and you might think this is going to be slow-paced, a slow-fashioned basketball game. We stay under. Nuh-uh, because it's not just tempo it's offensive efficiency michigan ranks in the top 20 19th most efficient in all of college basketball villanova even better the eighth most efficient offense in the country are the wildcats entering this matchup in the sweet 16 tonight And if you want more, Michigan has gone over in four straight, over in eight of their last 10, over in 16 of their last 22. A sustained trend for Michigan and Villanova tonight, over 135. The best bet for the Sweet 16 of this Thursday slate. The morning after, each and every weekday, it starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk tomorrow.